Welcome back. Today, I have no topics to talk about. So Chaz is going to take the reins. And we're going to... I have like zero idea what he wants to discuss. So let's have fun. Yeah, I just thought it would be fun to, uh, you know, get into a rhythm of making this, like try and make it a weekly thing. I reckon that'd be cool if we can just consistently put out like a weekly one together and then whatever you slap on top mm, would be awesome. Double the content. Double the content, double the fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I had like a whole heap of like random ideas over the last week pop into my head. But you just have ideas all the time, like, but not even like, you're not even thinking of these things as Okay, what I'm trying to say is you're not like, oh, what can we talk about on the podcast? You literally have, like, cool thoughts. Then you're like, oh, that'd be fun to discuss. Yeah, I I intentionally withhold them a lot from you so that way I get to talk about them with you on the podcast. And also I don't like necessarily talking about them with you early because I want your interaction to be as genuine as possible when I have it with you. Do you know what that reminds me of? Those TikTok videos where they're like, react to this TikTok and they like duet it and they're like, oh my God, but they've already seen the video and it feels fake. That's, that's what that reminds me of. Like if you were to tell me the story and then bring it up again, you know, you don't get the same reaction. (laughs) Those TikToks just make me feel so uncomfortable (laughs) when watching them too, when they're trying to like get, like they're dead just poising this fake scenario it's almost like like the lead up to a really 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 shitty pornography video i feel like is the the like the connection there like it's just they're they've set the whole thing up but they want you to believe it's completely um authentic right. you know what i mean like yeah i hate him i absolutely hate him i hate anything not authentic it has to be yeah, authentic i feel that yeah, so I guess that's like kind of, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm undecided yet. I kind of like think to myself sometimes when I'm like, I have these ideas pop into my head and I want to discuss them with you. I also consider to myself, am I ruining some of the conversations we possibly could be having and having more positive interactions throughout the week because I could talk about them with you then and there? Um, and so... Yeah. But we always have good conversations either way. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence about that. Yeah, I, I kind of understand that. I have that thought when we like were going on our date night, our spontaneous date night the other night. I like was so excited. I just had things to talk to you about. And I would constantly find myself going, ah, mm. I would like shut up because I'm like, oh, we have the whole ride there and we can discuss it then. Or like we have <laughs> when we're at the restaurant, we can discuss it then. And then I would find myself sometimes going like, why am I waiting to talk to you about this stuff? Like... You just got to pick pick and choose. Like, I don't know. If it's a if it's a long-winded conversation and, and we don't have time to really, like, explore it in a fun way together, then I won't bring up that conversation. I'll wait till a time where we have time. Yeah, and I, I think it's actually, now that we're talking about it, the more I think about it, it's, it's actually kind of fostering a spark in the relationship. Because if you were, like, if you picture it, the reason why you like hanging out with your friends so much is because you don't see them very often. So when you see them, you've got all these things that you can't wait to discuss with them and catch up on and you want to hear their life and they want to hear your life and they want to hear the instru- you want to hear the interesting things they have to talk about and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're constantly just like divulging everything that happens between the both of you and your relationship to each other 24-7, mm-hmm. 
um, it, it tends to lose the meaning of like the good stuff that you might want to talk about. Um, so yeah, I guess like having conversation to just have conversation is sometimes um, diminishing the power of some of the things you might actually want to talk about and saving them for cool moments to share together, whether it's our date, actual date, like coffee date that we go on or even just the podcast because you and I get like a lot of enjoyment out of just talking to each other on on this scenario and having interesting things to talk about. Mm. So what was what was something that you really wanted to discuss today? Oh, well, um, in the book I'm writing, like I have this portion that talks about um, social media and it was really interesting because I decided I wanted to gain, I guess, some um, data from my students um, from my pastoral care group about how much they use their phones. And so I surveyed the class and the phone usage of some of my students is just astronomical. What is it? Oh, it's crazy. I couldn't believe how much some kids are using their phone. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> um, so like some kids, like some kids are pretty good. They might have like one or two hours clocked a day, but uh, a day. Yeah. Which like, I think in today's terms is not that much, mm. um, but I'll give context to this in a moment. Um, but some kids, and when I say some, I would say almost half are spending anywhere upwards of four hours of usage of screen time on their phones. A day. A day. I got a notification on my phone. It was like, last week, your usage was down like 1% to four hours a week. That's how I work on my phone and I only use it four hours a week. Yeah. So this is like pretty shocking stuff as well, I thought. And I was like, oh my God. Like, and some parents are like on board with it, right? So they're, they're all over the ball. And some of them have like set up restriction times for their kids for how long they can actually use their phone for. Or they've actually gone into the settings into their phone and put like alerts to remind the kids or had the kids do it themselves. Um, and giving them that autonomy to like set up screen usage alerts because you can do that, especially on Android. I'm not sure about Apple, but you can. I'm sh- I'm sure they ha- Apple has it as well. But you can set up alerts to tell you you've been on your phone this long today. Get off your phone. Mm. But what really puts this into context and was so shocking to me was kids. The kids aren't allowed phones on campus. So the phone usage is not occurring at school, which tells me that all of the phone usage is occurring in evenings, which is even scarier in itself because that brings in a whole host of other problems. Like when are you making time for homework, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I have like one-on-one interviews with the kids and I discuss like study habits mm-hmm. and like the, the excelling students obviously naturally have better study habits than the ones that aren't. Like, that, it's just intuitive. Like, everyone, that, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, trying to foster good study habits in the kids that don't have them is tricky. Um, and it's, it, it is just, a, a, like, setting time aside to do the work. And we, we always talk about, like, strategies about actually being able to have a strict time in which you have the the commitment to just sit down and do your homework mm-hmm. or review your notes or whatever it might be like it, it, the kids don't like they hate even going back and looking at their notes which i understand but at the same time like it's 
they're like, oh, I haven't been given homework today. I was like, well, you could always just go back and have a quick review of what you actually so learned today. So and and learned. like just reading over it once will make a world of a difference. Um, but the scariest thing I, I thought about the phone usage, and this kind of led me down a different path with my class, was like, oh, well, if their phone usage is this bad for like a ma- almost a majority of the kids, um, and that's not happening obviously at school, at least not that much anyway. Like they might be sneaking away with some time at lunch or whatever it might be, but it can't be like clocking hours. This is just impossible. You'd have your yeah. phone confiscated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me that means, well, they're either skipping out on homework, they're skipping out on sporting opportunity, they're skipping out on discussing and having open discussions with their family and all of these interactions that build like a strong sense of self and a strong sense of social like. Uh, your your ability to socialize with people mm-hmm. like you're going to lose all these opportunities to better yourself as a human being in social environments because you're just stuck mm. scrolling right and sleep and that was that's where i went to next and i was like okay sleep, so that was by the way yeah so that's and that that was the last thing i kind of led to i was like so all those things are forfeited and then the biggest thing is obviously forfeiting is four hours has to come from somewhere and it's probably sleep if out of the students who are actually maintaining some kind of sporting and um, homework commitment or study routine. And so the other day I decided, well, let's make this gel lesson about collecting data on sleep in the kids. Uh, Well, from the kids, sorry. And so I decided to survey the class on their sleeping habits and it got even scarier again. Mm -hmm. And so... I surveyed the class on their sleeping habits. I had one student, only one student who actually got to bed within the eight o'clock bracket, which is pretty impressive. Like asking a teenager to go to bed in the eight o'clock bracket. And we, we were we were kind of watching like a doco the other night on circadian rhythms. And um, like that's not apparently ideal for teenagers anyway like they tend to sleep a bit later Mm -hmm. but the window is really like you want to be in bed by 10 anyway for a teen so Mm -hmm. two hours difference if if they're laying awake for 30 to 45 minutes just hanging out in their room and actually go to bed at night then that's a pretty good sleep if you consider most people should be waking up at around six o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. you've got like a great sleep cycle there but that was only one student Mm -hmm. the vast majority of students were 12 o'clock to 2 a.m. plus, right? And so they were either going to bed from 12 or between then to plus. So, um, and the 12 o'clock group was probably almost split in half between that, those two quadrants as well. So, what do you mean? So, like, so you had half of the class after 12 o'clock, approximately. Mm And then you probably split that again into two other groups. Half of the half of the class is going to bed probably beyond one, mm. right? So the sleeping window that these kids are getting at best is six hours. Mm. Now, there's w- a very small percentage of people in the entire world <laughs> that can function at maximum capacity on six hours sleep. A hundred percent. And high school students are being asked to do an astronomical amount of different activities throughout the day. Not to mention the hormonal changes and cycles their body is physically going through. Yes. And so 
their the demand on their body is so high, especially compared to like an adult. And I, I like I honestly think like if you're a really high performing high school student, like let's say you you're you're one of those people that might be like the ducks of the sports area, the ducks of the, like an academic area as well. Like you're, you're achieving in both areas and then also you have like a, a strong social life. You're being pulled in every direction mm. and like most people probably won't maintain or I personally think a lot of people won't even experience the level of busyness that requires almost in their whole entire lifetime unless they're quite successful um, compared to those students who are managing to be high achievers in academic sport and socially, right, in high school. Like I would say that's one of the busiest times of a person's life if you've got all three of those domains going at once. once. Like it's hard. Like I I was kind of like that in high school and it built it built me a motor that I can utilize in my adulthood really, really well. And like when like I'm now effectively addicted to being busy. Um, so that's like almost like a downfall as well because when I get like spare times in the afternoons, I kind of like don't know what to do with myself. You feel like you have to be productive. Yeah. Um, and being productive feels really good to me now. Mm. Um, it's like a, a satisfying feeling. Which is like, I'm saying it like it's a bad thing, but really it's a good thing. But anyway. Well, perspective. I'm almost just bragging a little bit, I feel like. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so this, this issue is, is like, so these kids are missing out on sleep, therefore. Um, and you can't expect anyone to learn without sleep. And so we watched as a class um, Matthew Walker's TED Talk on sleep and I kind of just wanted to drum into the kids like all of the benefits of what they could actually get out of just getting a good sleep and um, Dr. Matthew Walker was talking about like the first thing he 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 puts out to to the audience is you can increase your memory your ability to recall information by up to 40 percent by just getting a good night's sleep and so that, like, for a student doing an exam is the difference between pass or fail, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you could either get, like, 75% right on an exam or you could come under a whole quarter almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if you're thinking about that as an adult, right, You if you go to work and you're having a day where you just can't, like, you keep messing shit up or you can't keep forgetting stuff, that's emotionally frustrating and you end up having a bad day and that can all lead back possibly to the amount of sleep that you're getting. A hundred percent. And so, and that's the biggest thing like I want to uh, drill into this conversation right now is like the importance of sleep. Like I, I was actually having a conversation with another student one-on-one at a netball tournament the other day and we actually had, I was taking one team and we had like a good couple hours gap between um, our next game. Mm. And I had this amazing conversation with this student. I was so impressed by just his want to push himself for self-development. And he's only a grade 11 student. And the amount of books he had read and it, it was just so impressive. I was having this conversation I would expect to be having with someone of equivalent age with me um, about all of these different ways to effectively motivate yourself into 
having a more productive life. I'd love to know his screen time, first of all, and secondly, if his parents have a rule around screen time and if that has an effect on why he's read so many books. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, like he, it, we, we spoke about his mum a fair bit because um, it was kind of like a proud moment on his end. Uh, well, at least I got that across from him. Like he really looks up to his mum and his mum sounded like such a wonderful lady. Like she's a teacher as well, but she also runs two side hustle businesses, mm-hmm. um, single mum as well. Uh, and she's paid to like I taught or had a coached, I should say. I didn't really get to teach his brother, but he's he's got a younger sister as well. I'm not sure if he has another brother on top of that. But like a minimum three kids in the family all going to private school, like she's crushing it. Mm. Um, and this, like both the kids were great kids as well. Um, and I, I don't have much to do with the youngest, but I'm sure she's like the in small interactions I've had with her. She's, she's quite a strong um, little woman as well. And so it's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, he was such a high achiever. But from this conversation that I was having, within oh, I've lost the original point. Where were we? We were ta- you were talking about um, like self development, and we were talking about sleep, and I'm not entirely sure where you were going mm. with that. Sorry, that was my bad. I segued you. Yeah, no, you're all right. And so, the, the, like, w- we sat down and had this huge conversation, though. And it was probably like a good two hours. We 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 almost sat there one on one, and different students were coming in and out of in and out of this conversation. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, and even before I decided to do this this gel class or pastoral care session with the kids about sleep. About sleep um, I was discussing with him, I was like, the first thing you like, if I, because we're talking about what I did in the past with strength and conditioning and my role in that. And I, I said to him, if anyone came to me today and was wanting my help in some regards with, um, getting healthier, the first thing I would ask them is how much are they sleeping? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just number one. You, I would go, I would go, how much are you sleeping? And then secondly, I would go, let's take a look at what you're eating. And then thirdly, let's take a look at how much you're exercising. Mm. Um, and the reason why I would choose that order is, first of all, if you're not sleeping right, then you're going to have really, really poor motivation mm-hmm. because you're, you're just lethargic. And then when you have poor motivation, you're going to make poor health choices. So therefore, you're going to eat poorly. You're going to go for the fast option. You're going to get takeout. You're not going to want to cook. Mm. So you're going to eat poorly. And then when you eat poorly, you feel like absolute poo. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to also not want to exercise. Right. And so it's just this flow on effect that has to be addressed. So you have to address the foundation first. And so sleep, sleep, you tidy up the sleep sooner you start sleeping better. And you need to ensure that you have regularity to your sleep. Otherwise, it won't ever come good. So make sure like six days of the week, you're going to bed at the same exact time and you're trying to wake up at the same exact time. And before you know it, you'll be waking up just before your alarm. Well, the interesting thing that you said about, you know, you don't have sleep, you don't have motivation. Motivation comes from taking action. And if you don't have energy from sleep to take action, even, you know, the action of cooking, like you said, then you're not going to have energy to do anything else and you're just going to repeat this cycle. I just wanted to point that out. That motivation doesn't come from just nowhere. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes from inspiration, but all of the time it comes from taking action and you need energy to take action. A hundred percent, yeah. And so you address the sleep and then all of a sudden you've got the energy 
to then make some proper food choices. Um, and then, and then you can address the health. But so that's what I was discussing with a student. Um, but it was so interesting, like sitting with my class and, you know, kids were, because I gave them the option. It was actually like, normally I'd give them like a, on, on the Friday, like a, a session where they also have time to study. Um, because like, obviously these, their J's are so jam packed. You've got seven lessons back to back to back to back to back. And then obviously we have expectations of them studying at, at home after. And so having like a bit of breathing room to actually achieve some of like the homework they may have accidentally missed. If you've got sporting commitments or whatever it might be, you may have not been able to get your homework done. And so just having like that breathing room once a week, um, to catch up on whatever you might be. And some kids use it really wisely and obviously some kids don't. But I gave them the option, like they can either come with me on the journey where we're learning about sleep or you, you can use this time wisely. And um, f- I was impressed because towards the end of the lesson, like for the most part, I, I had a good majority of the kids actually getting engaged with what was being said. Um, so it sunk into a fair few of them. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting about um, the memory recall. So you had 40% increase, right, in memory recall. Mm. But what they were saying is on the bad, bad sleep, right, not only did you have, you don't have the 40% increase, but the learning pathways in your brain that actually cement the neurons for learning. And so like, let's say in a way, if you think about it of calluses on your hands, mm. your neurons like um, callus, uh, or calcify the connections in your brain to the new learning that's been created in your sleep. If you don't sleep well, the whole day your brain goes into this like almost like screensaver mode mm. and it's not learning anything. You won't learn absolutely anything. It's just like you're there, but you're not there. Yeah. And so you can try to learn as much as you want, but unless like you're someone who just weirdly operates on absolutely no sleep, which are very rare people, but some people do have a genetic predisposition to be able to do that. Um, learning is just going in and over your head and you've effectively wasted your whole day. So it's kind of like you can, you can like understand the information, but because you haven't had that sleep, the, the information isn't being passed like down the neural pathways for you to link up and under- actually cement the learning. Yeah, so it's it, it'll be in like I guess if you think of it as you've got two forms of storage, you've got long-term memory and short-term memory. Like you'll be able to function with your short-term memory, but nothing will get stored into long-term memory. And Which then when we go to sleep again is when we actually put all of what we learned throughout that day into long-term memory and cement it there. Right. right? And so there's a really important process there with being able to then make all the connections in your brain during your sleep to cement learning throughout the day. Mm. And so sleep is like <laughs> one of the most important factors to building good study habits or any habit that you want to like push to influence in your life. So if you haven't addressed sleep, you're going to struggle. You know what's also huge is circling back to what you were talking about in the beginning, and this is relevant for adults as well. So don't think that you're missing out on this just because you're an adult and we're talking about teenagers. The because you're as an adult, you can still possibly be learning throughout the day as well, especially if you've got a new job or like, um, you know, just emotional shit too. But this, the time that's that four hours a day that they're spending or you're spending on your phone, if you're scrolling, your brain is still taking in information, your brain is still being put to work, 
And there's actually, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't necessarily understand or that there's still being research done on when it comes to like the the endorphins that get released when you like scroll on Instagrams. And that is your your brain use being used, right? And so if you think about a teenager who's, you know, they maybe they've woken up, had something to eat, quickly gone to school, learn trying to learn all day, come home, four hours they're on their screen, that their, their brain is constantly like constantly active. There's no break. There's no time to rest, to process even, like not even just process like the learning that they've done, but process any emotional shit that came up throughout the day. And so this is why I say that rest is really, like we're talking about sleep. Sleep is, sleep is great. Rest is also super productive. First of all, rest is productive in being able to allow you to get to sleep, like learning to simmer down and rest. But there's also something I was going to say in my upcoming masterclass, which is like, if you think about people are very hesitant to believe that rest is productive. If you think about it like this, let's say you work super, you're working super hard, you're trying to get everything done, you're not taking any breaks, and then you start to burn yourself out. That's when your immune system starts to shut down, you start to get sick. You're sick, you take 40, you have to take 48 hours off work because you are so sick. That's 48 hours you're missing out on, on being productive and and going to work right so if you were to instead schedule in like an hour a day where you actually rest yourself an hour a day for each day that you work is five hours rest a week so you're technically saving yourself 43 hours of use does that do you understand what I'm saying? Because you're not taking a sick day. Because you're not taking a sick day. And yeah. if you're doing that regularly, like, of course, there are going to be occasions where you do get sick and you do actually need to take time off. But what I'm saying is you're not causing yourself to be sick mm. and you're doing as much as you can to ensure that not only are you productive, mm-hmm. but you're actually processing, taking care of yourself, actually able to calm down, actually able to go to sleep. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, the other thing that Matthew Walker also pointed out was you get a 70% increase in your immunity cells within your body when you get a good sleep. So just in avoiding sickness, if you sleep well, um, you will you will be far better off um, when fighting pathogens that come in contact with your body and get inside your body and attack you um, than you, if you didn't. Um, and so like 70% is absolutely massive. Um, and there's all these other things as well. Like he talks about like males getting actually larger testicles and having more testosterone when they sleep more. And like he, he goes into like the literal size of them, which was like a reasonable number. It was like a quarter bigger, right. which was crazy. Um, and then women's fertility as well goes up, um, reduction in Alzheimer's. It also like uh, immune cells that literally go and hunt and kill cancer cells in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, that occurs while you're sleeping. Um, and then... The biggest thing, again, for people who are constantly learning and we should all be constantly learning is um, like, but for, for teens in particular, when when their brain is developing, um, when you're a teenager, apparently it develops from the back of the brain. So your like motor cortex and all that develops first and physical then it, functions. physical functions come first and then it slowly develops the front 
portion of the brain and it kind of moves in like a almost U starting from the back. A rainbow. Yeah, a rainbow and then moving to the, the frontal lobe where you get all of like your critical thinking and your logic and then your emotions and um, your reasoning capabilities come in there as well and risk management and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why teenagers are so risk adverse because that part of their brain is really, really, really underdeveloped compared to an adult Mm. and so that's why you have to give like particularly boys because boys develop slightly slower than girls (laughs) in in the brain part anyway so um and well girls grow a lot faster as well Mm. um but you have to give them a kind of break when they do silly things because like a lot of the time they have no clue why they did the silly thing that they did anyway because they're just like oh i just popped into my head and i did it like Mm. they they have no that like that second voice in their head that like is like, mm, this might hurt this other person or this might hurt myself. Mm. Um, that doesn't pop up. But when you, when you are sleeping and you're sleeping well, um, those portions of the brain develop faster and better, mm. right? And so you actually end up with a better functioning brain in the long run and they can, you can stunt your brain development by not sleeping enough. Mm. And so teenagers, and this is very common, Teenagers don't sleep a lot and for a thousand billion reasons why. Like like if you go back the other generations, they're probably sneaking out to parties or meeting up with their friends or girlfriends or whatever it is, right? Before you had like instant access to all of your friends via a phone. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I'm seeing, yeah, whatever it might be. Um, but now I see the correlation between having phones and staying up late is like, what like sleep seems like such a a boring time you know what i mean you've got this Mm -hmm. thing that can just keep you engaged forever Mm -hmm. right and so and it's exciting it is well it can be like it it, you makes you it can make you laugh it can make you like excited for something there's like other kinds of stimulation like it's all it all can wake you it's yeah it's it's literally a product that sells your attention that's its whole purpose is to force your attention onto it and sell you ads so you can buy more things Mm -hmm. and so like bringing awareness to also the fact that that's the cycle that's going through and i actually read them a portion of um a chapter in my book that talks about like the the social media cycle and the reason why social media is designed in such a stimulating way to engage them in operating in the consumerism process um, but it also is designed to keep you constantly agitated. So when you're scrolling through your phone, you feel agitated in a sense because you're getting engagement, you're getting this social interaction, you're getting a dopamine reward, but you're not getting any fulfillment from it. There's no satisfaction. And mm-hmm. so in order to get satisfaction, what do you do? Well, you become a shopaholic. You purchase something and that gives you a sense of satisfaction. But once you've purchased something and you get your thing, all of a sudden that satisfaction goes quite quickly, right? Every, like you buy a new car, after a month, you're like, oh, that's all right. I might go start shopping for the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and particularly like the faster you can get things delivered to your door, the faster the cycle can be promoted. And then you're just constantly looking for the next thing. And then the agitation constantly comes back. And before you know it, you've wasted all this time on needless actions rather than actions that would actually provide you with tangible success to move forward in your own life. And so you're in this vicious cycle of wasting your time, right, which then kills motivation for real tasks. Mm. 
And so the only way you can actually get motivation for real tasks is making sure you put your phone down and having some kind of discipline around it, Mm. getting good sleep. And then all of a sudden, the other things will start feeling so much easier to achieve. You have to also give it enough time to to show that it actually works like there's actually a benefit to it so we were talking about the the phrase like you reap what you sow like a great example you sow seeds into the ground right you you put them in but you're not going to get a flower the next day you have to keep fertilizing this you have to keep looking after the seed and then allow it to eventually bloom into a flower and it's kind of the same when you're trying to find the benefit when you're trying to step away from instant gratification you like us we used to stay up until like 10:30 maybe even later mm. and and just wake up the next morning as late as possible because we because we needed more sleep and so i wouldn't even know how long we've been doing it now but probably since last term so quite a few months now we've been trying to go to bed at the latest 8.30. So sometimes we're in bed at 7.30 and sometimes we're in bed at 8.30 unless Chaz has a basketball game, then we might be in bed at 9. And then we consistently try to wake up. Well, Chaz wakes up around 6. I try to wake up around 6.30. And so we we consistently, for a while, that was hard. It was hard to settle into sleep for me personally early, but I ju- we kept trying. We kept doing it. We had that that structure, that discipline, and that order. And then now it's so easy. My body wants to go to bed at a certain time. And I've seen, like reflecting now, so much more um, enjoyment in my days because I don't have this cloud hanging over me of sleep. Yeah, it still takes me a while to like actually get my motor going and wake up. But throughout the day, I'm not like kaput. So you do have to hold out um, when you're trying to move away from instant gratification in order to like reap the benefits of what you sow. A hundred percent. A great example of an instant gratification is I had a client and she was talking about her son got a job and he was getting like $800 a week and he's like 17 years old. And so it was like super exciting for her, super exciting for him. And then like, obviously you get the money, you're like, oh, cool. Now I can buy all the things I wanted to buy. He bought all the things he wanted to buy. And after a few weeks or a month, he had all the things that he wanted and then it was like, well, why am I even going to this job anymore? I'm, I don't, I'm like not really benefiting from it. I have all the things. I got the Xbox, I got the TV, I got the thing. So like I'd much rather do that now. Yeah. And so. You know what like is a perfect example of people just shooting themselves in the foot in that scenario? Mm-hmm. Like every single young man who gets a trade and then immediately just buys a brand new Ford Ranger and oh. they're just like all of a sudden – you're locked into this $60,000 purchase Mm. and you have to like continue a trade that you possibly are undecided on. And it's good in a way because it'll probably keep you at the trade until all the way till you finish it. But it's also bad in a way because it limits your options immediately and you're stuck into a life of debt. Mm. And most people like what they'll do is they're scared to change. And so they'll just stay in that. They stay with what's comfortable and they'll they'll keep the car and then they'll finish their apprenticeship, they'll buy the home, they have another huge chunk of debt. They're still unsure of whether the, what they're doing is for them and they keep leveraging themselves in a way that forces them into the same predicament. 
and they they can't they can't have any breathing room for change. It's um it's it's self sabotage borderline secondary game, right? Mm-hmm. So you're choosing to do something that sabotages another part of your life, like it makes a sacrifice. But secondary gain is where you self sabotage, like you're sabotaging yourself in order to gain something else. Yeah. So I can't remember the example I was going to give. No, that was good. Um, I, and the other thing I just wanted to talk about today because it was it was really fun um, and I thought, oh, this is a really, really cool, interesting morning that we've had. Um, we went on our morning ride this morning and we've been riding all the time to get there and it's so nice like just starting your day with like a bike ride, a bike ride or, or a walk. Um, so every Saturday we do that and we went to get our morning coffee and we tried a different place today and it was this little nook. Um, that had just popped up recently and I asked the lady who was working there, I was like, oh, are you guys new? Um, because I hadn't recognized the store before, but it was so small that I was like, maybe we've just missed it a few times. But no, they were brand new, open three weeks ago. Mm. And they're in this like really, really like, I, I personally think like a cool niche spot because it has like, it has really good access to the main road. You could literally just pull up step out of your car, order coffee, jump back in. Almost like drive-through. Almost like drive-through, except for it it's like it doesn't have the messiness of a drive-through and mm. the overheads where it would cost to have that kind of space. So it's like it's in this perfect location and my like brain was just ticking about like the whole business idea of it. Mm-hmm. And so I just like kind of kept asking the lady questions and she turned out to be the owner of the place as well. And um, she at one point owned like this bigger restaurant. Um, she had like heaps of staff working under her up in the sunny coast hinterland and she's downsized to this small place that she can run by herself. And just like it was so cool to hear her like giving us a story and also just like seeing how like she was so like she was she was someone who and this is like most op- uh, entrepreneurs that are successful, they uh, have the ability to like start an idea and then they also have the ability to have confidence that if that idea isn't working for them anymore they just let it go and they go on to the next thing and Mm. and doing that lots gives you this confidence that you can tackle any problem and you could just see that from it like the aesthetic of the coffee shop was so cool Mm. she had it like but she she's done this whole thing herself um she runs it herself um and she she knows she knows she's learned from everything that she's done. So her first, like we haven't got her full story yet, but she's her first entrepreneurial job was at 24 doing airport transfers where she like had a van and she just drove people to and from the airport and from big locations. And then like fast forward into the future, she had that cafe in the sunny coast hinterland. And then she had, when that stopped working, she had like a coffee cart, mm. like a, a mobile coffee. Mobile van, yeah. yeah. And then when that stopped working or she stopped and she stopped enjoying it, then she moved on to the next thing. Yeah. And like she's – it's interesting to watch because like I've been kind of reflecting on my own life and my my journey of how I've gotten to where I am and in my career. And it's it's funny to watch how all of, all of the skills I've learned over time just keep like – finding a way to compact on each other and push me into like a a niche in which I'm becoming more and more and more of a master of um and which is super exciting and it was interesting to hear her kind of giving us that same scenario right like at first she learned how to like operate a business through that um, transport business but then she moved into like a catering kind of side and she's kind of stuck with those catering skills but it's been it's looked different every single time mm-hmm. and she's 
she's in this place now where she, it's like it kind of seems like it's all come together in, in some sense and I'm sure she'll probably try something new at some point um, but right now she's in this cool spot and she's her own boss she doesn't have any dependence at her work you know she and she's I asked her I was like what time do you guys open because I was interested to see like what kind of hours she's working she starts at 7 30 which is like an awesome start for a coffee shop um, it's not too like it's not that early at all like that's super manageable and but at the same time she's getting plenty of business and she's in this spot that's just like surrounded by other businesses that are kind of popping up and but uh, my 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 point where I was going with it um was it was really cool to just have that moment like we were embracing the community we were living in and just through this interaction actually like took a photo that was like really aesthetic of the store um and just tagged her in her own personal small business tagging the her her small business which is or, the gluttonous goat the gluttonous cafe. goat yeah give it a plug um and then she was like from that interaction um the lady who ran the store shout out to Gemma um she was like offered to have Ashley's business cards at the store and like all of a sudden you've got this like relationship that you've built now that could possibly end up bringing more potential customers to Ashley and therefore more wealth for us and and more income and opportunity which is really cool and so like my thought on that was like you want to you want to find a way to build a community and as you engross yourself in to the community like and ask lots of questions and and just be like a, a like a, a socialite but mm. you're making like the, the, it, effectively it's networking um but when you're building a community you'll find at some point you're not really building the community but the community is building you mm. and so in that sense like by us engaging in the community this morning it's going to benefit us tenfold as well. Yeah. And so it's just so cool how you can just help other people and it, it comes back in some way. I feel like we should explore this more in another episode because, like, there's a lot of – I know a lot of people that have reservations about being social. I really struggled with social anxiety and so it's almost like this reason, like, there's that always that opportunity to have a deeper conversation but there's also always that reservation. It's like why don't we explore that further? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it another time because we ran out of time. Sorry about the alarm popping off before. That's okay. They probably didn't hear it, but uh. I definitely I have a client in like fifteen minutes, so I do have to go. But thanks for the that was like that was a cool chat. I really enjoyed that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Woo. Bye. See you next time. Bye.